welcome to my podcast. This is your host, Razia Mirza, better known as Razi. Estepreneur is a podcast where estheticians can learn how to become successful entrepreneurs. I'm an Afghan immigrant, retired U.S. Army surgical assist. I have been a licensed esthetician for past 10 years and a business owner for four years. I have made many mistakes in my career and faced many failures, which made me into a better businesswoman and an esthetician. You will learn everything about starting your own aesthetics practice in this podcast. So let's get this shit started. And by the way, I unapologetically curse a lot. So be ready for that. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. Today we are going to talk about nutrition, gut health, and acne. I have a very special guest. Maria Marlowe, who is a certified holistic nutritionist specializing in acne and founder of Kuma. It's a science-backed ingestible skincare company on a mission to revolutionize how people think about skincare from outside only to inside out. For the past 10 years, Maria has helped thousands of people across the globe clear their skin and optimize their health by improving their diet. In her signature 90-day clear skin plan program, which I, by the way, also have and bought it, she has completely broken down how to get to the root cause of your acne and clear it naturally and swiftly through diet and lifestyle changes. She's also the founder of the Real Food Grocery Guide and has been featured in Vogue, Good Morning America, and many more. And now here we are with Maria Merlot. So let's welcome Maria. How are you doing, Maria? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, I'm so excited doing this podcast. I was looking at the other book that you have, uh, the it's the, the di- Real Food Grocery Guide. Real Food Grocery Guide. Oh my God. Yes. The reviews, <laughs> everything was on Amazon. So good. And I saw your video. You you look so cute doing all the explanation. And I'm like, you know what? I need to buy this one too, because I bought the other one. I need this one as well. I have the hardest time finding food, healthy food on the grocery store. I'm lost there. Just literally looking, which one am I supposed to buy? At some point, I'm like, are we supposed to even eat anything? Because everything is not good for your health these days. (laughs) I know the grocery store can be really overwhelming. And so the book you're talking about, The Real Food Grocery Guide, I wrote that several years ago. It came out in 2017. And I was inspired to write it because I had clients who said exactly what you just said. And they said, I go into the grocery store, even into like a health food store, like a Whole Foods, and I am so overwhelmed. I have no idea what I'm doing in there. I don't know what's actually healthy and what's not. You know, especially all these packaged foods, they have all these labels and buzzwords on them, but what do they actually mean and what's really good and what do you look for and look out for? So it was a lot of fun writing it. And when I was in New York City, I used to give uh, grocery store tours to my clients and I would take them through every single section from the produce to the butcher, to the seafood, to the packaged goods, and literally just explain to them, okay, this is what this is. This is what to look for. Here's how to choose the best produce. Here's how to choose the best meat, the best seafood, the best packaged foods. And so that is what I, you know, I turned all that knowledge into the book. So that it's the next best thing to having me kind of walk you through the grocery store and explaining how to find the healthiest foods in every aisle. I'm actually excited because after our call, I'm going to get that book. I have the hardest time finding healthy food. And also, I don't know how to read the labels or anything. I have no idea. And it has ended up costing me more money especially my health. Uh, so I'm glad I have you on the podcast today. So I'm going to pick on your brain a little bit. To, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to answer that. all the questions. I will say like for the packaged food stuff, like my two big tips for that are like number one, read the ingredient list first, because in my opinion, that gives you a lot more information than just the nutrition facts panel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
you've heard this before. You want to look for ingredient lists that have ingredients that you can actually pronounce, that you know what they are, um, and ideally that are whole foods, you know, spices, nuts, seeds, um, like real foods that you can identify. And then the second thing is, no matter what junk food you love, I promise you there is a healthier upgrade to it. There are so many, you know, small businesses now, whether you like, you know, Doritos or I don't know, chocolate chip cookies or like whatever your favorite junk food, your go-to junk food is, there is a healthier version of it in a health food store somewhere or online on iHerb or Vitacost. So you're saying I can have Pringles. (laughs) The healthier version of Pringles. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Maria, tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you start with uh, being a nutritionist? and also your journey as an acne specialist in nutrition? So it all started growing up on junk food, actually. So I had um, a standard American diet, a very standard American diet for the first 19, 20 years of my life. I grew up eating pizza and chips and cookies and McDonald's, and that's basically it, really. Um, And so you know, when you're a young kid, you're fine. But as you get a little bit older, you know, in your teen years, as it starts showing up. And so when I was around 16, that's when I started getting acne. And, you know, I had other health problems. I was sick all the time, like throughout my whole childhood, I had every ear infection, throat infection, stomach infection, like every infection I had. And I, you know, it was like every month I was in the doctor's office and I was prescribed antibiotics or something else. That, to be honest, like didn't bother me. I just thought that was normal. That's just the way it is. It's cold and flu season. Or I just thought people get sick all the time because the people around me were sick all the time. It wasn't until I started getting acne where I was like, okay, what is going on here? This is not cool. And I had an older brother and a younger sister, and they didn't have acne. They had other issues. They struggled with their weight more than I did. Uh, but they didn't really have acne. My sister eventually did, you know, get it, but not as bad as me. I tried everything to make it go away. I, you know, started with the drugstore stuff. Then I did the department store skincare and then the dermatologist stuff, the prescriptions, the topicals, the ingestibles. Um, And I was prescribed over the years, over the course of like four and a half, five years, I was prescribed everything from antibiotics, to birth control, to spironolactone, and eventually I was prescribed Accutane. At the time, I was actually initially really excited that I finally got this Accutane prescription because back in the day, it was harder to get the prescription. I think they really wanted you to test like every medication first before they they gave it to you. Um, And then uh, I got it. I filled the prescription. I remember I was in the car with my mom. We picked up the prescription and it had that like piece of paper stapled to the front that has all the side effects on it. And one of the side effects was severe depression that could lead to suicide. And I was like, what the heck? Like that's pretty serious for like an acne medication. And I was already really depressed about my skin. Like at this point, it had been going on for several years. I tried everything, nothing had worked. And I really thought something was wrong with me because like, how is it that I was following all the steps to a T, doing everything everyone told me to do, whether it's the teen magazines or the dermatologist, and my skin is still not clearing up. So I actually made the decision not to take Accutane based on that. And then I just sort of was relegated to this fact that I was cursed. I had bad luck. I had bad genes, bad skin, whatever it was. Like, I just had acne. And fast forward a few more years, I'm in college, initially not studying nutrition. And I'm at lunch one day, and a 
a friend of mine, uh, I think I had been complaining about my skin and she, uh, she said just like very kind of nonchalantly, like, oh, it might be caused by what you're eating. And I thought she was crazy. Like I nearly like spit my food out of my mouth. Like I thought it was like preposterous. Like how could it be what I was eating? You know, I'd been to all these dermatologists. Not one of them ever asked me what I was eating. And meanwhile, I was eating like two slices of pizza, a Coca-Cola, and finishing it off with a box, a mini box of Entman's chocolate chip cookies. And so (laughs) I was like, I was intrigued. So I said, okay, you know what? I've tried everything else. Nothing else has worked. This is a new, new idea. Let me try it. So, and she had grown up like the complete opposite of me, like eating organic food and going to farmer's markets with her mom as a kid and stuff. So I was like, let me try this. And lo and behold, my skin cleared up in three months. And I was like what the heck is going on here? And to be honest, I didn't actually believe it was the food at first. I literally was in disbelief. And I thought that God had finally answered my prayers and it was a miracle from heaven. And I was like, there's no way that this was the food. This was just a miracle. So I went back to eating my pizza and cookies and all this stuff. And of course my skin broke out again. And then that's when I was like, oh, okay, I get it. So it is actually the food. And I could really see on my skin when I would eat the pizza, the cookies, the soda. The next day, my skin is red. It's inflamed. I have big bumps. When I would eat wild salmon and kale and broccoli and brown rice, my skin would look better the next day. The redness would go down. The bumps would go down. And uh, yeah, that was kind of it for me. I went down this like nutrition rabbit hole and kind of never looked back. I ended up changing career paths to study nutrition and cooking and really made it my mission to teach people about the connection between diet and acne. Because, you know, right now in 2023, I feel like people do talk about it a little bit more and people, you know, people are talking about collagen or like, I don't know, there's a little bit more of a a knowledge about this, but like back in the early, you know, 2010s, people weren't really talking about this. And I just felt like, no one's talking about this. I want to be the one to kind of share this really important message. This is like crazy to listen to the to the whole story you have because I had a similar experience and growing up when I was 15, I also had ended up having acne. My acne was horrible that it happened within three days because I put something wrong on my skin. I broke out and I was on Accutane two rounds really horrible experience. The depression that you just said was so spot on, on point. My confidence was so shattered and the education and knowledge when it comes to nutrition is so limited that now I'm like 29 and now I know about foods that can actually be worsening my acne or my other health conditions. And the knowledge about food is extremely limited. So yes, even in school, if we're getting trained for aesthetics, we're not taught any of these things. Like the diet is not even part of our education. It's crazy to hear you say that, that food was able to help you clear your acne without medication. Like that is so crazy. That is so crazy. It is. I know. And it's like a complete, I don't know. It is. I just feel like the mind is like exploding, right? Like when you first kind of like fathom that this, this can happen. But you know, if you think about it, skin is an organ, just like any other organ in your body. It's our largest organ. And it requires a lot of nutrients in order to function properly. And um, it requires, uh, you know, normal levels of inflammation in the body. When we're the standard American diet and the standard American lifestyle where we're just stressed all the time is just creating inflammation. And I'm sure your listeners, you've heard about how inflammation is believed to be the root cause for many of these chronic lifestyle diseases and illnesses. And 
just like those other illnesses, it's it's also associated with acne. So acne is actually classified as a chronic inflammatory condition. Yes. So traditionally, you know, we thought for, for many decades that acne was triggered by bacteria. Um, and although bacteria may play some role in acne, the research now suggests for the last p- several decades that inflammation is that first domino that kind of sets off the chain of events that leads to breakouts. And this is believed to be true for what's called inflammatory acne and then also so-called non-inflammatory acne. The science is actually really interesting. And and like I said, now I would, I, I want to say in the early 2010s, that was when acne was reclassified and is now classified as a chronic inflammatory condition. So inflammation is really at the root and it's our diet and lifestyle primarily that have like the biggest levers over our inflammation levels. I have actually been reading the clear skin plan that you have wrote and it it's very thorough and has so much information that I had no idea. I've added like flaxseed because I watched your video talking about like use uh, one to two, two tablespoons of flaxseed. I've even like been taking flaxseed daily and I've noticed that my inflammation levels are very low. I don't have like those huge breakouts that I used to have and it truly has helped me in the whole process of healing my acne with diet. So what I have learned is that also diet plays a huge role and another question that I do have for you is about Kuma, the probiotic that you have developed. I want you to talk a little bit about that. What is it? How is it playing a role in clearing acne? And what makes it different than all these other supplements that are out there? Yeah, that's a great question. And like one thing I, I want to say is like I do think it's really important. Like the skin is addressed from the outside and the inside. You know, estheticians are extremely beneficial for helping treat the outside, finding the right skincare routine, doing facials and keeping the skin, you know, healthy from the outside. And then like the nutrition piece tackles the skin from the inside because the skin does have two sides. So it's good to kind of tackle both. And then when it comes to Globiome, which is uh, my probiotic plus prebiotic supplement that's for skin and gut health. It kind of all started with my own research into this gut-brain-skin connection. So I think that's really the first place we need to to start is that um, the gut, the brain, the skin, they're all connected. They basically have like a two-way street of communication and what happens in one affects the other. So I feel like we're starting to hear a little bit about this now. You sometimes hear about the gut-skin connection, but it's really gut-brain-skin, and it's not actually a new concept. So almost 100 years ago, there were two dermatologists, John H. Stokes and Donald M. Pillberry, who were doing a lot of experiments, and they kind of set the foundation for what we now call this gut-brain-skin axis or gut-brain-skin connection. And what they observed in their patients was that, for example, um, the people with acne tended to be more likely to have constipation. Um, So that's like a connection right there between the skin and the gut. They also hypothesized that negative emotions or feelings like sadness or fear or worry could disrupt the gut. And then that disruption to the gut could then create inflammation and that inflammation can show up on your skin as a, as an acne breakout. So they did like a number of experiments where they kind of started to test and, and show their hypotheses. And then over, you know, over the several decades after we've kind of seen this again and again. And what we now know is that, yeah, it's true. So negative thoughts, stressful thoughts can actually disrupt the gut microbiome. 
killing off some of the good bacteria in the gut. And you know, sometimes when you're stressed, like first of all, a lot of people will like lose their appetite or, you know, you get a knot in your stomach. That's what my mom used to say like all the time when she was stressed out. She's like, oh, I have a knot in my stomach. And like you, you can kind of feel these things sometimes. So yeah, so these changes to the gut microbiome when you're reducing some of the good bacteria that can allow some of the more opportunistic bacteria to proliferate, which are a bit more pro-inflammatory, creating that inflammation. That inflammation in the gut can then uh, show up as inflammation in the skin. And so, yeah, so this gut-brain-skin connection is really powerful and it's the reason that both stress and foods can break you out. So how Globiome really came about, so these um, these two uh, dermatologists, they also were experimenting with live culture. So before we had the term probiotics, they were experimenting with giving their patients L-acidophilus, which is a pretty popular uh, probiotic now, and L-bulgaricus, which were, you know, these bacterial cultures and seeing how that that, you know, help their skin and lo and behold, it actually helped their skin. So that's where they were saying, we think there's something going on like with the gut. And like, if you kind of focus on the gut first, you can improve the skin. So fast forward a few years ago, I was at a dermatology conference and a few of the speakers kept talking about this one particular probiotic strain called L-Ramnosis SP1. And they were talking about a recent clinical trial that showed that this particular strain helped to reduce adult acne in about 12 weeks. And I said, wow, that's amazing. And then again, like just learning more about the gut-skin connection and the, the role of probiotics in skin health, um, I looked around and I could not find any probiotics on the market that contained this particular strain. So I reached out to the manufacturer, begged them to let me use this strain, basically worked with a team of microbiologists to kind of put together a really well-rounded formula that contained six different probiotic strains that are going to support that gut-skin connection. What the research shows in terms of acne patients is that number one, they tend to lack the good lectobacillus and bifidobacteria strains, which have anti-inflammatory benefits. And on the other hand, they tend to have other strains of bacteria that are associated more with inflammation. Research also shows that acne patients tend to lack microbial diversity in the gut, meaning they don't have a wide variety of strains, which is beneficial. And then lastly, there's some preliminary research that suggests that people with acne may be more likely to have increased intestinal permeability, which again can contribute to inflammation. And so um, that's, yeah, I, basically the research on probiotics is also fascinating. You know, there's certain probiotics that can be beneficial for hydration. There's certain um, probiotics that can help like various different inflammatory skin conditions. And so, um, yeah, so basically long story short, I worked with a team of microbiologists to create this, um, this product called Globiome. What's really cool is we actually sent it out to an independent lab to do a third-party clinical study with 30 people. After 12 weeks, what they found is that Globiome helped to reduce the severity and frequency of breakouts in 80% of the participants. Um, it reduced excess oil by about 35%, so it really helped to normalize sebum production. And it increased skin hydration by about 41% in that 12 wow. weeks which is pretty amazing considering you're not putting anything topical on the skin. It's all, you know, starting with your gut. And then of course it also improves regularity and bloating and digestion overall. So yeah, it's, it's a really incredible product. And I think that it's honestly going to be the future. Like I call it ingestible skincare. 
And I think this is the future of skincare. Like, of course, we need topical skincare, um, but we also need to address our gut health and our internal health because that is ultimately what is going to give us the healthiest skin possible. I feel like you have to have all those things in line along with your diet, your lifestyle habits, your skincare routine. I think acne is so multifactorial that you can't find just one reason to, one thing to exactly. fix it. You could be probably using a really good probiotic, healthy diet, but if your skincare is also like you're using something that can disrupt the skin barrier or you're using something that can cause more acne, that would also lead. So I think it's uh, all pieces of little, like these puzzles that come together and that's what makes someone's acne calm down. So I looked into the research you provided and I was very fascinated about it. I was actually talking with one of my acne clients and I was telling her that I'm testing this probiotic and if I do feel confident in it that this actually does help I will 100% recommend it to my clients because I'm always in the hunt for the good probiotics uh, zinc supplements things that can actually help people now there are so many supplements out there I have tried different kinds of probiotics and honestly haven't seen a huge improvement to say that this actually does work i haven't been able to say that so i'm really excited to try this and see if it actually does help because i do have so many clients and so many estheticians who are actually listening to this podcast right now and i think it would really be helpful for them to add in their routine and also especially like having it in your clinic if you are an acne specialist it, it it's like going to play a huge role into helping with clearing the acne for your clients so that's an amazing thing I'm so happy and excited for trying this supplement actually um, yeah I'm so excited for you to try it and to get your feedback um, and we are actually in a couple spas already you know we're getting really really good feedback and a lot of reorders month over months yeah it's just another tool in the arsenal like you're saying it's not one thing like you can't just take the, a probiotic and expect your skin to be perfectly clear if your skincare is not great or your diet is, is not great. It's many things. And like you touched on zinc, there are a lot of nutrient deficiencies that are also associated with acne. So zinc is one of them. Vitamin A is another one. Omega-3 is another one. So you want to make sure that you're also eating enough nutrients. You want to make sure that you're keeping your stress in check. This is another one. Like sometimes people will be like, oh, I have a good skincare routine. I eat so healthy. I exercise. I do this, but I'm still breaking out. But their stress is through the roof and their like anxiety is, is on another level. Well, that is disrupting your gut and that is, you know, creating inflammation yeah. and creating breakouts. So it's really taking a multi-pronged approach to, to skincare. I 100% agree with that because I do have a client who have been doing everything right. I mean, she is also seeing a functional medicine uh, doctor getting rid of all the, all the triggers and any food that can cause acne, getting her treatments done, and I'm doing her skincare routine. But one thing I do know for sure is that she has really high stress levels because she's a business owner. So she is constantly in conferences and going out and like meeting these people and have work. She's also a mother. So on top of that, I can't even imagine all the stress that she might have. That also is a huge trigger. Let's come back to the topic of food. What are a few foods that you're like, this is a no-no for somebody who has acne? Like you just cannot have. Acne. Okay, so the first one where there's quite a bit of science and research on it, and it's not to say you can never have any of it, but it's refined carbohydrates. So refined sugar, bread, cereal, crackers, basically anything made with flour. A little bit, totally okay. The problem comes when you are 
when your diet is primarily made up of refined carbohydrates, which is really common. Like that was my diet. I was eating cereal for breakfast, a sandwich for lunch, pasta or pizza for dinner, crackers for snacks. Like everything was literally just refined carbohydrates. And I was definitely not eating, you know, enough protein. I was definitely not eating enough fiber and vegetables. And so, uh, it's called a high glycemic load diet. And this type of diet is spiking the blood sugar frequently. And it's kind of putting you on this blood sugar roller coaster, um, which um, has been shown time and time and again in multiple studies um, that this type of diet increases the risk of acne because when your blood sugar is going up, your body's producing more insulin and another hormone called IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor one. And higher levels of this hormone creates not just inflammation, but it also causes your sebaceous glands to produce more oil. So... Um, and then, you know, hormone, um, hormone imbalances that's often associated with acne. Um, not everyone who has, you know, acne will have a documented hormone imbalance, but sometimes like women especially will have excess androgens or high androgens and that's associated with acne. Crazily enough, eating a high, you know, high glycemic low diet can actually increase your androgens. And then on the flip side, eating a high fiber diet can help to bring those excess androgens down. It's, you know, even with the hormones, when it comes to hormones and acne, I always say your hormones are not the problem. The habits causing them to become imbalanced are the problem. So it's, yeah, diet is just so, so important. Like coming back to your main question, I would say eating too many refined carbohydrate foods, that's like the biggest no-no. Um, I, I believe like 25 grams of added sugar a day, that's kind of what the American Heart Association kind of says is a cap. Um, I would just say like trying to limit your refined carbohydrates to, you know, like maybe one, one meal at one meal and, and instead have whole carbohydrates. So whole carbohydrates are fine brown rice, wild rice, you know, um, quinoa, other greens, like that's totally fine. Um, you just want to limit the, the refined, um, the refined grains, um, and refined carbohydrates. The second food that has been pretty well established in the scientific literature to be linked to acne is dairy. And, you know, this one is a case-by-case -case basis, so not everyone who consumes dairy is going to break out. However, if you do have acne and you are consuming a, quite a bit of dairy, it could be, you know, worth experimenting with to see if removing it from the diet for a couple of weeks does make a difference for you. Um, and this is really any type of dairy. I'll say like butter and ghee, those tend to be like pretty well tolerated by people. Um, but like cheese, for example, ice cream, milk, um, a lot of people have trouble digesting these foods and, uh, and, you know, end up with breakouts. My husband was telling me that mostly people would not have celiac disease, but everybody has some level of sensitivity with gluten. And what gluten does that, it increases the inflammation in the gut. And when you're eating anything that you might be maybe a little bit slightly allergic to or sensitive to, might not have that a huge of an impact. But when your gut is inflamed, that is going to have a huge impact because it already is in a state of inflammation. And that blew my mind. I was like, so no gluten, no carb, no sugar, all the good things that I crave, like I can't have it. It's, it's like... A sharp knife to the heart. Like, I, what? I cannot have these it's things. It's all about the upgrades. It's all about the upgrades, okay? So listen, I grew up eating gluten and dairy and sugar. I mean, those were my three primary 
not even primary, like only food groups that I ate out of basically. And so it's all about the upgrades, you know, for anything that you like with gluten, you can get the gluten-free version at least, which is the upgrade temporarily at least to like kind of get you like when you want to have a piece of bread so you can have a piece of bread so you not feel like you're um, restricting yourself and you're missing out on something. Tortillas, uh, pasta, like literally anything you can find. The second thing is just also being mindful of keeping your blood sugar stable in general. So there are going to be times where you want to have like a piece of bread or pasta or whatever it is, a refined carbohydrate, a cookie, whatever it is. Have protein and fat first, or ideally have that refined carbohydrate at the end of the meal, not on an empty stomach. So um, yeah, so for example, like let's just say you at 3 p.m. you have a cookie. If you're having a cookie on an empty stomach, your blood sugar is going to shoot up a lot more than if you have a cookie at the end of a nice big meal where you had a salad and a piece of chicken and some wild rice, right? If you eat the cookie after that, your blood sugar is going to stay more stable. So that's also kind of a little hack, like especially as you're transitioning to reducing some of the refined carbohydrate foods is just try not to have them on their own, have them as a dessert or have them at the end of the meal. Or if you do want something pair it with protein. So like, let's say, I mean, even fruit, even fruit can be high glycemic. Fruit is amazing. It's great for your skin. But I was, um, I did an experiment a couple months ago where I was actually wearing a continuous glucose monitor because I wanted to see how everything I was eating and everything I was doing was affecting my blood sugar. And I have normal, you know, healthy HbA1c, healthy blood sugar levels. But I had like a snack of um, pineapple in the afternoon, like in between lunch and dinner, and my blood sugar did go go high, like above the, you know, the ideal uh, level um, very briefly and it came back down. But the next day I ate the same pineapple, but first I had a flax cracker with some hummus on it, or I think nut butter, something like that, that has, you know, a little bit of fiber, protein, fat, and my blood sugar did not go above the level. So it's these like little tiny tweaks that you can make to your habits that also make a a really big difference in keeping your blood sugar stable. If I look back at 10, 12 years ago, what I used to eat early in the morning was uh, I would go to work or like I would go to college. So I would just like pick up like Dunkin' Donut with like a Boston cream donut. And that's what I would have. We've all been there. (laughs) I, I loved it so much. That was my breakfast. And so much has changed now. I'm very well aware of what I eat. And I've also, I've also been very open about my infertility issues. I have endometriosis. So what I've learned is that a lot of this food has also caused me to have inflammation in different ways. So I was reading the book, it starts with the egg. And in that, even in that book, it was talking about the insulin spikes that you should avoid having insulin spikes because it also affects the quality of your eggs. So now I'm very careful of everything that I'm eating, even though when I'm having like some fruits and stuff, I'm being mindful of like, what, how am I supposed to eat this? Should I have it with like something else? Should I pair it with something? Also, your videos have helped a lot. You're one of your video that went viral about the carrot that actually got my attention. I'm like, she knows so much. So it really (laughs) like kind of um, got my interest. And I went through all of your videos and so much knowledge and wisdom in each one of them that has helped me to, to clear my uh, inflammation. And also I feel like it's, It's something that I can teach other clients when I talk to them. Of course, I can't recommend them a diet since I'm not a dietitian or nutritionist. But just having that knowledge really does help us as well. It's very unfortunate that our food industry is so screwed up. Even when I go out and I try to buy some 
something healthy, it is always gonna have something that I'll be like, okay, this looks healthy, it sounds healthy, but it's not healthy because there's something in it always. Yeah, the vegetable oils, that's another one. Actually, speaking of food that can, you know, trigger trigger breakouts. I would say vegetable oils are another one. This one I feel like is not maybe talked about as much as like dairy and sugar. I feel like those, even if you go to the American Academy of Dermatology website, they discuss dairy and sugar on there. But when it comes to vegetable oils, vegetable oils are prevalent like in every packaged food, basically. They're in every restaurant food, basically. Like um, sometimes people are cooking with vegetable oils at home. So we're kind of getting vegetable oils from every single angle and Again, a little bit is not a huge cause for concern, but when we're eating them with pretty much every single meal, day in and day out, we're getting way too much. And these oils are high in omega-6 fatty acids, and they have been found to promote inflammation. And so, um, you know, when it comes to packaged foods, I was talking about those upgrades earlier. So like, let's say you want chips right? Because sometimes you want chips. I want to eat chips too once in a while. And so I'll look for brands that are using healthier oils, like whether that's avocado oil or coconut oil or olive oil um, to cook the chips in and maybe that are baked instead of fried. Um, again, all these like little upgrades make a big difference. And oftentimes like they taste just as good, if not better than, you know, the, the original. Um, and so, yeah, it's just about reading labels and then finding um, good places to shop because I know not every grocery store has everything. So there are actually two websites that I love. One is vitacost.com and the other one is iherb.com. And they're kind of like these online health food stores. They don't have fresh stuff. They only have packaged stuff. But if you're looking for again, healthier snacks, um, or even just like, uh, uh, pantry staples, they're really good. And they're often cheaper than going to your grocery store for the same brand. So those could be a good resource, especially if you don't have a health food store nearby. Um, but yeah, it's, we kind of, it, it sucks, but we kind of have to get into that habit of reading labels and, and kind of looking, you know, for, for healthy, wholesome foods. And then after a while, there is a period where it takes little time to get used to it. But then once you know the go-to brands, go-to foods, it becomes a lot easier. I'm just really fascinated about the whole world of food and nutrition and how it can impact your whole health, not just your skin, but your whole general health. And we, most of us have no idea where to begin with. We're just like trying to cook and eat healthy. And food is the source of energy for us. It's like, it makes me happy. Food connects me with people. It It's something I love to do, but now I'm very limited. I guess I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out what to add, what not to add. So I'm going to go and buy your book and just <laughs> know how to actually, first of all, do the first thing, which is grocery shopping, which most of us don't know. We're lost completely. It's just crazy. It fascinates me so much. And what you're doing is wonderful. And I know, I know it can sometimes seem overwhelming at first, but I promise like over time it becomes easier and easier and you don't necessarily need to overhaul your entire diet and lifestyle overnight. Like for me, even it took a little bit of time. Um, and like I said, I kind of went back and forth in terms of like health habits for a little while before I like really went full steam ahead. Okay. I'm going to keep on the healthy track. And what I will say, it's like, it's the small habits that make a big difference. So like one thing that I always tell people is just aim to make half of your plate vegetables at like two meals a day. If you can do that, you are like way ahead of most people. You're going to be getting 
you know, ample fiber, ample nutrients, antioxidants. This one little habit is something you can work on for a couple of weeks. And then once you've, you know, nailed that, then, you know, move on to the next one. So it's all about like creating these little habits, these like easy things, one step at a time. Because if you do one step and you do it well, over time, that's going to lead up to big results. Well, in my diet, uh, there used to be no vegetables, by the way. It's uh, usually rice with uh, chicken curry or like any kind of meat curry, rice and some pickles. And that's that used to be my staple thing for the afternoon or the evening. I did start doing intermittent fasting, which also did help a lot eliminating most of the things. So I wasn't eating too much of them, but still I was eating all of that vegetables. I honestly, I'm teaching myself how to eat vegetables. My taste buds don't even like, like them. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I got to force myself to do something that I can to make sure I'm eating. So I can imagine most of my clients have the similar diet and lifestyle that I had. So it's definitely very challenging. Like you said, it's one step at a time. So I'm changing small little habits here and there. And then again, sometimes I get in my head. I'm like, I wish I could go back to my old diet. It was so good. I could have anything <laughs> whenever I wanted to have it. But, the but you know what? Like you said earlier, it's not just for your skin. It's really for your overall health. You know, your digestion, your immunity. I mean, imagine like, especially for anyone listening, like if you're like, I'm sick all of the time, like I feel like I always have a cold, I always have something. Imagine what it would be like to not be sick all the time. Like your gut actually plays a huge role in your immune health. And so when you have a healthier gut, you'll also have a healthier immune system. Your mood also, this is another area. Our diet absolutely affects our mood. And interestingly, you know, you mentioned before, uh, or we talked about before, like the depression and acne. So there are certain nutrient deficiencies like omega-3, which are prevalent in both acne and in depression. And so again, using the diet to make sure that you're doing everything you can to fuel your body with the, you know, the best nutrients, to keep your blood sugar stable, to keep your inflammation down, this is going to help across the board mood, energy, skin, digestion, everything. Hair, nails, everything all together. Fertility, like that was one of the other reasons that got me really interested in food because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not that old. I shouldn't be struggling with having a child. And I had like constant miscarriages back to back. And I'm like, there's something because the whole thing is I'm, I'm able to get pregnant. But of course, my the quality of my egg might be so poor that I can't even <laughs> I can't even produce a child. So it means it comes down to the diet. So we eliminated almost everything that we could that is causing inflammation. And overall, I have seen a huge improvement in my menstrual cramps, pain, and overall, the regularity of my periods, that was another thing that really surprised me that diet had such a huge role to play. Sometimes I would go to like a donut store and I would just like get two, three donuts and I'm having two or three donuts a day. And I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, I never thought about all of these things. It's just... It's very difficult, honestly. Everywhere you go, eating healthy, first of all, is expensive. Second of all, sometimes it's very difficult because you don't know where to begin or what to actually add. 
Yeah, I I totally get you. And even though there is a wider knowledge and acceptance of this food and health connection and skin connection and fertility connection, it's still not like mainstream, you know, it's still yeah. not like a, a given, right? And sometimes I'll still, I'll often get comments on my, uh, my TikToks that, oh, like diet and acne are not connected. It's a myth. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, baby steps. And in terms of the expense thing, I know sometimes it can, can be expensive, but like there's a few really easy ways that can help you kind of save money on healthy groceries. So number one is to like for, for vegetables, buying things that are in season tend to be less expensive than those that are not in season. So like, you know, if you're in New York in the middle of January or something like blueberries are not going to be in season, they're probably going to be like $7 a pint or something like that. Um, Whereas if you buy things in season, it'll be a little bit more affordable. You can also buy frozen vegetables and fruit. They are often just as nutritious, if not more nutritious than this, the fresh stuff that you see, because they are picked at peak ripeness, which is their peak nutrition. And then they're flash frozen, which locks in majority of the nutrients. A little bit is lost, but it's negligible. Um, And so those are a really great option. And you'll usually save probably about 30% compared to buying those fruits or vegetables fresh. Um, For meats and seafood, for example, again, you can buy them frozen. And this is another kind of like crazy fact. When I was um, researching my, uh, that first book you talked about, The Real Food Grocery Guide. So when you go to a grocery store and you have, look at the seafood counter, If you look closely at the little labels on there, you'll see like the fresh seafood that you're seeing there, it'll often say in fine print, previously frozen. And so what they're doing is they're taking the frozen seafood that is in their freezer section, which you can get for like 20 to 30% cheaper right now. They're taking that, they're thawing it, and they're making it look like it's fresh and they're charging you more for it. And it's the same, you know, it's the same fish. And so buying frozen um, frozen meat and frozen seafood is often less expensive. And you can then get the higher quality, you know, the wild seafood or the organic and grass-fed meats at like a more, more reasonable price. What are some of your staple vegetables that you're like, these are the ones that I love and they go with every meal. And this is something that also helps the gut and filled with fibers and nutrients. So number one, I would say dark leafy greens. And I like to rotate them. So I do love kale all types of kale. I like curly kale. I like uh, dinosaur kale. I also love chard. Uh, Any sort of dark leafy green I like. And so what I like to do is I try to have greens every single day, but I like to rotate them. So I don't want to eat like kale every single day for like the whole month. I'll buy, you know, a bunch of kale, a bunch of chard, a bunch of whatever is available and kind of just like rotate them throughout the week. Uh, So definitely dark leafy greens every day. Those are basically nature's multivitamins. They um, are are loaded with nutrients. Um, They're a good source of fiber, going to help, you know, clean out the guts. And um, they can be really tasty. So the easiest way to make greens, in my opinion, is to just saute them with garlic and oil, add a little salt, and they're good. If you like spicy, add some red chili flakes and you're golden. All the, you know, anything that's cooked in garlic, in my opinion, tastes good. So I know it so does. That's my go-to. Uh, secondly, orange fruits and vegetables um, for, especially for acne prone skin. So I mentioned earlier, acne patients tend to be low in vitamin A and orange vegetables and fruits. So like carrots, sweet potato, butternut squash, these are going to be rich in beta carotene, which our body converts to vitamin A. And so when I had acne, I 
was loading up on the green and the orange veggies in hopes to kind of replenish the nutrients that I had been lacking. So, you know, for so long and I really felt like it helped me. I was having carrots a lot, carrot juice, fresh carrot juice, um, roasted sweet potato, butternut squash soup, all that stuff. So I try to get orange stuff into my plate, not necessarily every single day, but pretty frequently. Uh, and like, as if you notice, like I kind of try and think in terms of the rainbow. So one thing that could be fun and like maybe make eating vegetables and healthy food a little bit more fun is making it like a game and trying, you know, throughout the week to get all the colors of the rainbow and like every day get a certain amount of colors of food. So it kind of keeps things a little bit interesting. Uh, Another type of food that I really like would be cruciferous vegetables. So things like broccoli, cauliflower, radishes, kale is also cruciferous. Um, Anything that has that sulfur um, kind of smell and bite, which you probably don't like. This is probably the vegetables where you're like, oh, I can't stand the smell and taste of them. Okay. So fun kind of little tidbit for these vegetables. First of all, these are amazing for hormone balance because they support um, liver detoxification, which is really important for hormone balance. These vegetables, so a little trick is however you make them, let's say you roast them, make like a sauce with mustard, some sort of mustard dressing. And typically that will mask the flavor that you're finding unpleasant. Um, And it just makes them a lot more, a lot more tasty and palatable. So that's kind of like my little trick for even for kids as well, if they don't like Brussels sprouts or any of those kind of foods, like making some sort of mustard dressing, like a honey mustard or whatever mustard dressing you want, that usually will help mask the flavor a little bit. Yeah, so I eat them with a lot of hot sauce. (laughs) Okay, there you go. (laughs) That's another way to do it, yeah. Okay, if you try something and you don't like it, I encourage you to try it, like you said, like a few different ways, like with different recipes, because sometimes, like for example, boiled Brussels sprouts, I think are the most repulsive, disgusting thing I've ever tasted in my life. But roasted Brussels sprouts with like a nice, like a honey mustard dressing or whatever it is, They are so amazing and so good. So don't like, if you have something once and you're like, oh my God, this is repulsive. I can never eat it again. Just try, try it a couple more times. If after two, three times you don't like it, okay, fine. Move on to a different vegetable, but give it a chance. Try different ways. A couple years ago, spiralizers were really popular. You know, they turn the vegetables into like spaghetti strands. Yeah. Uh, And it gives like a whole new texture and, and, sensory experience eating different vegetables and you actually feel like you're eating because you're twirling it like spaghetti you kind of feel like you're eating spaghetti so it just makes it a little bit more fun you know so just experimenting with different ways of cutting your vegetables different spices different cooking methods all of these things make a world of difference Yes, it definitely does. I think I need to just get some chef books and courses and stuff. <laughs> That's another thing I got to add. Yeah. But I really wanted to thank you for coming on the show and really sharing all this valuable information, so much of your time. It means so much to me. And I'm sure that listeners are going to get so much value out of this podcast. I wanted to ask my last question is how estheticians can collaborate with either nutritionists or like yourself or also how can they benefit from Kuma if they want to add that, if you can just give a little bit of insight on that. Yeah, so I love working with estheticians to kind of help on the nutrition front. So my Clear Skin Plan, um, it, there's actually a, an affiliate program for that. So estheticians are welcome to sign up for that. And then, you know, whenever they refer their clients to the plan, they'll get a commission. And then similarly for Kuma, for Globiome, the probiotic, um, same thing. We have an affiliate program. So if anyone's interested, 
um, you know, in, in sharing it, they would get a commission on any sales they generate. And we even have a wholesale program for um, any spas and estheticians where we have low minimums of just 12 units where you can carry it in your spa and, you know, sell it, um, you know, sell it in retail at your spa. So we're happy, like we're a small business and we know a lot of spas and, and you know, estheticians are operating as small businesses. So we are happy to collaborate, you know, feel free to reach out um, either via the website or social um, you know, we're happy to help in, in any way that we can. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Maria. I'm going to add all the link and information to the website, to the affiliate program and all the information. It's going to be in the description of the podcast. Uh, make sure you follow Maria on social media. She has tons of information and you're going to learn so much about not just helping your clients, but also for your own health because she has so much to share. God, like I am learning every <laughs> single day something new from her. So thank you so much, Maria, once again. I hope everyone enjoys this podcast. That's all we have for today. I'll be back with another podcast episode for you guys. Till then, keep glowing, keep growing. Bye.